BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. On a mission to change the way consumers purchase glasses, GlassesUSA.com was created on one simple belief. Eyewear shouldn't break the bank. It's the smart way to buy glasses. GlassesUSA.com allows consumers to purchase eyewear from the convenience of their own home and offers a wide variety of high-quality frames and lenses at affordable prices and with no risk. And these aren't generic frames. These are brands like Ray-Ban, Oakley, Tom Ford, and Calvin Klein. So head on over to GlassesUSA.com, use promo code ALMIGHTY, that's promo code A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y, and get 55% off any pair of glasses at checkout. Again, GlassesUSA.com, promo code ALMIGHTY. Wanna do bad things. That's real, yo. That's real at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff said. What country you from? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? What? English, mother... Do you speak it? Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 443 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, and this is playoffs. Uh, you know, the, the, We did the playoff preview last week, uh, or just last, yeah, I guess it was technically last week. Uh, we had special guests, uh, Paul Garcia, we had Benjamin Bornstein, and they were there on the show because we didn't have Jose Grijalva uh, who is out coaching his youth league. Jose is back, uh, and he's here with a vengeance. Jose, welcome back to the show. Uh, you forgot to mention the repeating coach, two-time champion. I, sh- I guess I should say that. So we should we should hang your jersey in the rafters, right? Yeah, my um, yeah my shorts, whatever it might be, my pink little, shirt. Little gym shorts. Yeah, next to Avery Johnson, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you knew it was coming. <laughs> yeah, right up there with Avery Johnson. 
uh, so that everybody can um, can just admire your your skill. Popovich has never repeated. You've repeated. I know that should tell you something, right? Hall of Fame. Hall of I'm Fame. I'm going for the three P. I'm going for the three P <laughs> this summer. There you go. Well, hey, let's let's talk playoffs and get through it pretty quick because there's uh, there are games that are going on right now in the Eastern Conference. What I want to do is kind of sweep through the uh, the playoff scenarios as they sit now. Uh, most teams have played uh, two. Well, some teams have played two games. A lot of or a lot of other games, excuse me, are underway. Uh, and then, uh, of course, you've got the rest of the games tonight. Uh, and so out of today, everybody will end up having uh, two games under their belt. Spurs played uh, last night, beat up on Memphis, a little bit of drama in that game. So, of course, we're talking Spurs and, and some outstanding performances there by Kawhi. And uh, oddly enough, Tony Parker must listen to this podcast because he's really turned it on. What we'll do is we'll sweep through and uh, catch everybody up. So the first series I want to talk about is Golden State Warriors and Portland Trailblazers. Uh, you know, Portland had some serious run in that first game, although Golden State comes out and they, they end up winning it. Uh, you had C.J. McCollum just go off for 41 points. You're probably not going to see that again in another game this series. And, of course, Damian Lillard had a great game, uh, which is just typical for, for Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, what did you see, if anything, in that series that gives you hope that Portland, you know, might be able to take the series? Nothing. They they don't have the third guy to counter whatever Golden State can bring. The only thing I can think about is uh, Lillard said that he was going to say something back to Draymond unless he goes extremely low uh, and says something extremely personal where Draymond's going to overreact and maybe get tossed for a series for doing something stupid. I don't see them having a chance. Yeah, it's going to have to be something that's going to get rid of one of those. You know, they, they have a big four, right? So you you got to get rid of one of those guys. Uh, Kevin Durant might have done that for him because he's got some soreness in his calf. He's questionable for game two. Uh, he, they might not need him, but of course, you know, you have a former league MVP on your roster. You got two of them if you're Golden State. Uh, you know, they're they're better with him. So if they could get Draymond, it, it sucks that that's the strategy. Try to get Draymond tossed. Yeah, and it saves your guys uh, kicking the nuts in the process. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So Golden State's leading that series one to nothing. Uh, uh, in that same bracket, you've got the Clippers in Utah. Number five seed Utah, man, they snuck in to L.A. and uh, and took a game on the road. So, I mean, the playoffs have begun. And, uh, you know, the, the great for Utah. Your boy, Iso Joe, hits a game winner at the buzzer. Uh, the, the real story of the game, at least for me, is Rudy Gobert goes down. Uh, within like the first 10 seconds, it might have been like the first eight seconds of that game, uh, on a screen, hyper extends his knee, hits the deck, needs his teammates to help him off the court. Um, and, you know, that is going to have a dramatic effect on the series, right? Yeah, because they're all tall guys. He's the difference maker. All the other guys around him are just uh, average, with the exception of Hayward. Uh, but really, that crew, you're going with potential. Uh, so there's no real. Uh, superstar, superstar, again, with the exception of Hayward. But he's the difference maker in the paint. DeAndre Jordan to neutralize Blake Griffin, to neutralize all those other guys. So if he's not there, they suddenly get smaller. Bobo isn't the Bobo of yesterday. Right. Uh, he's a little bit older, a little bit bigger, a little bit wider. But he's looking uh, fast, so, though. Fast, F-A-S-T. Fat I man I fast? My, yeah, I slur my speed. So you, I just want to make sure that you didn't think I was saying he's looking fat. Is it? Wait, is he fast for him? Like for what he usually brings, or is he fast for a fat man? 
I think he's fast for a, uh, an NBA player. I mean, oh, he's looking yeah. quick. I mean, no. I saw uh, at the beginning of that game, I don't know who gave him the ball, and it doesn't really matter. Uh, but, of course you know, it he's, does. He's, oh, I can't remember who it was, so I guess, you know, shame on me. But they give him the ball, and he's like 10, 12 feet away from the bucket. And then he puts on a series of moves, you know, dribbling, totally under control, uh, gets and misses the shot, you know. But I mean, he 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 had. I mean, he was just moving, man. He was looking really, really quick. And so I I just look at that and say, man, he could have he he could have lasted a little bit longer on the Spurs if that was in the in the plans. It obviously wasn't. But you know, he's he's a reason why they're in the the playoffs. I mean, starting for a playoff team. He you know, Boris Diaw continues to have life after San Antonio. Yeah, and and good for him. Too bad that again it was after that championship season. He would just post pictures of him. Eating croissants, drinking wine. Mm-hmm. You know, you save that for when, uh, you know, you're Tim Duncan, I guess. It's the good life, right? Pinky up. <laughs> right on. Okay. Well, uh, you know, the other series out west is uh, Houston at OKC. The, the true league MVP, James Harden, just crushed Russell Westbrook. Outscored him by 15 in that game. Um, they, Oklahoma City kind of looked out of sorts. Houston wins that game by 31 points. Uh, it was close there for a while, but uh, you know it was actually the ins- it was the defense of this is crazy to say it was the defense of Houston and it was their points in the paint of Houston uh, that ended up taking this game. It was pretty remarkable. Now you don't expect Oklahoma City to be that bad on the boards moving forward. Um, you might not expect Houston to be that good on the boards going forward, but. I, I looked at that and said, man, the Oklahoma City, they might go and get swept, <laughs> you know, the way that that first game went. I, it, you know, and when there's blowouts like that, it's tough to take a whole – because you can just have bad games. It's tough to take a whole lot away from it. But, man, Houston was looking really, really good. Yeah, and, I mean, as, as bad as a basketball team might be defensively, they can they, – any team can play good defense in spurts, you know, especially when they get competitive. I mean, you've seen Melo in some spurts play really good defense, so that doesn't surprise me. But, again, o- Oklahoma City doesn't have a lot of uh, firepower. It's just Westbrook. Everybody else is sort of normal, uh, average or below average. So he has to do a lot of the work, as you can see, with those triple doubles. So I'm not surprised that they played pretty good defense because they're a one-man wrecking crew. Well, you know, I what you noticed in the way that OKC was playing Houston offensively, or I'm sorry, defensively, Houston was on offense, you'd see, you know, obviously the, the game all runs through James Harden, and some other players had some really good games. Ryan Anderson had a great game. Patrick Beverly, you know, in a lot of ways, Patrick Beverly outplayed Russell Westbrook at times. But what they did with James Harden is they tried to get him ISOed up, right? And they tried to play one-on-one basketball. You know, he gets down to the um, to the painted area, and he you know he does one of the scoops, or he gets to the foul line. He just vintage James Harden ball. But what I thought was really interesting was OKC the way that they played him on switches. Half the time they would end up with like a guy like Stephen Adams playing James Harden fifteen feet away from the bucket. It's just a recipe for disaster. And the reason that they were doing that is they were so scared of Houston shooters who are all standing around the perimeter. There was nobody else inside the three. And this was consistently. There was nobody inside the three-point arc for Houston. And it's just iso ball with James Harden. They get a favorable matchup doing switches a long way away from the paint. Um, and, And nobody from OKC would go down to help. And so you had Ennis Cantor or Steven Adams going one-on-one against James Harden. It was just it, it was set up to kill him. So 
I, I don't know if, if they're playing that kind of ball moving forward. I think it's a great strategy. It's going to be tough for Oklahoma City the rest of the way, and it'll be tough for Houston's second-round opponent should they make it that far. Well, the strategy isn't that bad if that's what they're trying to do. I mean, remember, uh, the Spurs have tried to play the Warriors that way. If there's a switch, I mean, the big just basically pushes them to the baseline to the help. So, I mean, th- there's that pressure uh, once they um, once they have the switch. By the way, that's something I teach my kids, you know, that Popovich defense. That, that's actually true. I'm the only one that runs a Spurs defense. So maybe that's why. Maybe that's uh, why kudos you're to Pop. Yeah. Kudos to Pop. I'm part of that Pop coaching tree now. He officially. taught you everything you know. Yes, sir. Uh, so I, you know, if it's in the books for you know for that type of defense, I mean, they got to pressure and send them to some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not agree with sending somebody up there to help because again, they have so many shooters; they're already spreading the floor, uh, and I don't think you want to give up an open three with somebody else cutting on the weak side or you know on on the on the baseline. So I, you know, if they're gonna do it that way, they have to pressure, send them to the help. If they don't want to do it that way and it's just a screen and they're saying a prayer. Uh, I would honestly, I would just leave him open. Just yeah. get back, leave him open. Uh, don't know how many shots he can make. I mean, he doesn't play defense, so he's going to be very, very uh, fresh with the legs. Uh, but I mean, it's not a bad defense if, if they have a plan to help them out. Yeah, and I, I'm saying there's no plan. I mean, they stayed with the shooters out there on the perimeter, and it was straight one on one all the way from the three point line to the bucket. Uh, I, it's just it's just going to be an odd mix as they move forward. Now, now San Antonio will be able to play that a little bit better just because they're the best defensive team, right? So I don't know. We'll see. And, and that's assuming that San Antonio makes it to the second round. And we're not even going to talk about San Antonio's series until we get through the rest of the playoffs uh, really quickly. That way we can spend a good amount of time in San Antonio. So I'm going to start heading out east. Um, a number eight seed Chicago barely makes the playoffs on the last day. Uh, they go into Boston, the number one overall seed in the east, uh, and they take a game, 106 to 102 over Boston. And then, as we're recording this show, it's the second quarter in Boston. Chicago leading the series one game to nothing. Chicago's up by eight, 46 to 38 uh, in the second period there. What is Chicago doing that's causing so much trouble for Boston? Boston only has realistically one guy, uh, and that one guy who, who's, I, I, in my mind, was an MVP candidate. He's too short, mm-hmm. you know. So again, you match him up against the Rondo, who if he locks him down on defense, uh, if he plays him arm, arm's length, that he has very long arms, he can contest a shot. But at the same time, if uh, Isaiah Thomas tries to get by him, he's already playing far enough where he can't, you know, burn him on defense. I think it's just a bad matchup. I don't. I think Boston is the better overall team, but the matchup here is is killer for them because again, then you have Dwayne Wade, who I think can turn it on for one series. Uh, Jimmy, but- what's his name? Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, whatever. I was yeah. gonna say the Wait Butler. Uh, Jimmy Butler. I I, I think again, real he NBA score. fan here. Listen it's Chicago. Guy. It's liberal Chicago. Okay, <laughs> let's talk conservative states in basketball. But other than that, uh, it's They're just a bad next. matchup. <laughs> They're it's up just next. a bad matchup. Yeah, I, I, know, I hear. A, yeah. I hear you. Um, yeah, in, in some playoffs, I mean that's what the playoffs are, are about. I mean, there's hustle, but then there's just really bad matchups, and maybe this is one of those. Uh, I don't know. It'd be it, you think they've got Jay Crowder? Boston does right, so they should be able to do something to Jimmy Butler, you know, by putting Jay Crowder on him. Uh, just beating them up a little bit, but it's just it's not happening. Um, Washington, Atlanta, Washington's leading that series one game to nothing. Uh, you kind of, at least I thought it was going to go that way. 
I think most people did. That's the 4-5 matchup out east. Any big takeaways from that? Frankly, I didn't watch the game, but it just doesn't surprise me that Washington's winning. They're supposed to win. Uh, honestly, I just didn't care about that matchup. Yeah, just, I mean, I, mean, I, I really forget care. Washington's even even has an NBA team sometimes. <laughs> but good for them. But I picked Atlanta to win, though. So that's you did? Okay, well, okay, we'll put the money on this one. So, yeah, uh, it's not surprising that Washington's winning. Uh, move on, right? Uh, to, to what you really want to talk about, and that's Milwaukee stealing a game from your Toronto Raptors. Uh, and they're playing game two right now. What's this, What's that score out there? Do you know? Come on, man, watch it. It's almost over. Oh, Toronto's up 92-83 to in the fourth over Milwaukee. Milwaukee won the first game 97-83. Uh, what I mean, what if anything uh, do you think that Milwaukee's going to do have to do to continue that momentum? It looks like they're going to they're going to break their momentum here, and Toronto's going to win Game Two at home. At least they're up by nine, uh, you know, in the fourth, about halfway through the fourth, or about a fourth of the way through the fourth. Just like I tell my kids, all you need is a five zero run, so it's not over yet, man. Uh, I I don't think it does anything. I usually. They, there's some teams who drop game one, but again, it's yeah. this game two that it, it, it will tell how uh, how the series will go. I still think they can win. I mean, a three and a stop, and now it's a oh gosh, math is hard. Uh, it's an ele- uh, nine point game, right? Right. So I mean, then it's a four point game. I mean, and then another five zero run, and then you're in the lead. So it's not over yet. I don't know who I picked in this. Oh, I picked Toronto. You picked Toronto to go out of the finals or to to play. I think Golden State in the finals. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I don't well, remember. Okay. Short-term memory. Well, you're fun to play with today. Uh, <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, uh, Cleveland, Indiana. Uh, Cleveland's up two games to nothing. Paul George has nobody to help him except Lance Stevenson, and that's really not working out so well. Uh, Paul George is already calling out his teammates for hustle. What's going on there in the Cleveland, Indiana series? I actually picked Indiana to win this, and they've been close. So it's very disappointing. He's just needed one more guy to step up, obviously. And like you said, they don't really have that guy. So I, I think the better question is where will Paul George end up next season? Yeah. Because it's, it's a, clearly not working out there. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Uh, back in L.A. No doubt about it. Back um, in L.A. He's uh, he's from L.A. With the Lakers? Uh, yeah, he'll be on the Lakers. He's not a free agent next season, right? It's two seasons from now. Two seasons from now. Did I say uh, next year? No, but I'm, I'm just two years from now. Uh, uh, no, but I mean they would have to trade him now. You don't really want to trade him then because I mean they'll just lowball you, right? Uh, in a trade scenario, uh, Lakers. I, I don't know. I, I think Minnesota should make a a play for him. Can you imagine Carl Anthony Towns and Paul George and well, maybe they, Zach Levine? And they just got uh, this. Uh, this is uh, Minnesota just got the number six. Overall pick in a swap uh, in the lottery. Okay. So anyway, yeah, yeah. Put, I mean, put that in for a tra- you know, package that up. Them whatevs, whatevs. That's it. All right, man. Well, let's talk to what we're really here for. San Antonio is up two games to nothing over Memphis. Um, you know, in the last when we did the playoff preview, uh, you know, I was kind of paying attention to the background. I think ESPN or something like that. And and on the little crawl. Uh, in the last game of the year, Tony Allen rolls his ankle. Tony Allen is their primary wing defender for, and I'm talking Memphis primary wing defender. Uh, just an amazing, I mean, a really, really good, solid, very solid defensive player rolls his ankle and he's out. He hasn't played 
uh, in those first two games, and that's the guy that they're going to put on Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi and the Spurs have obviously taken advantage of that. They just destroyed Memphis in in game one, uh, put up a ton of points. Memphis had no answer. This is one where you know everybody's resting their starters. Uh, it's just a, a horrible blowout. Uh, and in game two, it wasn't much better, although it was kind of a vintage San Antonio Memphis series, which you know I or uh, game which I really dug. I mean, San Antonio won that game 96-82. to 82. Um, Kawhi Leonard was amazing, uh, 37 points. That's his postseason high. Uh, he went 19 for 19 on free throws in that game, had 11 boards. You know, Kawhi Leonard's just killing it. For me, the story, and I'd like you to talk about this guy, is, is Tony Parker. Uh, Tony Parker is having himself, I mean, at least two games in. Man, this dude is looking great. Uh, he's okay with 16 points per game or something like that. But again, it, it's a depleted Memphis team. Tony Allen, I, I think, means that much to them where they they may be uh, trying too hard on offense, trying too hard on defense and not keeping their composure, uh, sort of as we saw with um, Kyle, your boy Kyle Anderson starting stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, would you, would you run in the court and back him up? Kyle Anderson or Vince Carter? Yeah. No, come on, come on. (laughs) Not Kyle Anderson. No way, no way. He just has just a a face that looks like he could start a fight. And I think he baited him. Absolutely. He pushed him from behind, wanting to see what he would do. Uh, I don't know if it was a coaching strategy. It could be. But, you know, the fact that he got ticked off, they lost their composure. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Anyways, I think that Tony Allen means that much to them because, again, now they have to change the defense. Tony Allen at least got into Kawhi's head to take him away from the spots he wants to be on. Now you're going to get a guy that's not defensive-minded or not as good defensively, not as long or not as tall, to try to to guard Kawhi. You can't push him off those uh, off those um, spots, and if he tries to, he's going to get you know foul calls on him. Uh, so I think it's just a bad matchup. Uh, next next uh, series, if they go that far, I think will be when we see the real Tony Parker. If he averages 16 points per game, I will e crow. I will say that you know maybe he's Robert Oring it for the playoffs, but until then, I I mean he's been playing well. Well, you know there's there's a bit of that. I mean Tony Parker. 23 minutes a game. He's shooting 52% from the field, and you're right, to 16.5 points per game. The the troubling thing for me is he, he's your point guard, and they're co- they're coming up with assists in other ways, but he's your starting point guard. He's giving you an assist and a half a game. Um, that's that's going to be tough uh, to continue. But but what I do like to see is, you know, Memphis, their style of play is a little bit odd, so there's it's not like you're going to be able to translate a lot from this series to the next series, but one of the things that I'd like to see uh, is if Tony Parker can keep up this momentum playing that aggressive offensive style of basketball that he had played in you know previous series. And like this is like vintage 2007 Tony Parker. This is, I mean, he's playing out of his mind. And, and before the playoffs started, I said, man, if he could give you like 15 and 5 a game, 15 points, 5 assists, that would be. I mean that that would be unbelievable. That would be I mean the Spurs could win the whole thing, you know, if Tony Parker's playing that way. And you know, he's on pace for that. The thing that's given them the the most benefit that I want to see if it translates to the next round is Danny Green playing their you know the a, a, a I'm not going to say that Mike Conley's a dominant point guard, but a good I mean he's a good point guard. Um he's one of the better ones that are in the playoffs. 
And Danny Green is, is totally taking him out of his rhythm, taking him, you know, off of his grind. It's just Danny – I mean, that strategy of having Danny Green play their point guard um, and letting Tony Parker just do his thing offensively, that's working. Because Tony's – even though he is playing really aggressive defense, which is – I mean, it's just really cool to see. It's like throwback Tony Parker. He's really benefiting from Danny Green's aggressiveness and his versatility on the defensive end. Now – that could translate for a couple of, of series. If they ended up playing Golden State, Tony Parker's got to play D on somebody, right? He's going to have to play D on one of those guys. Uh, I'm not sure who they're going to get, uh, you know, him, him play on. I mean, it could be Clay Thompson, and that's still bad news for uh, for San Antonio. But let's just be happy about it, man. The short run, Tony Parker's having himself a, a nice little series. Oh yeah, I agree. But and and you mentioned Danny Green, how well he's been playing. Again, he's he's guarding a uh, a point guard, so he's taller, he's longer, mm-hmm. he's a little bit heavier, so he can be pushed around. He's pushing Conley around, so I mean that works. But again, that goes to the point with Parker, he doesn't have to play defense, so he's sliding over to you know their two or their three, whoever uh, you know they put him on. That's not going to be the same thing that they'll do with Houston or even Oklahoma City mm-hmm. or Golden State, like you said. You don't want Parker on Clay Thompson or Durant, so. Uh, it's going to be different, but I'm glad when Parker has the opportunity to contribute, he can still contribute. Uh, but it's obviously going to be a different story when, again, he's going to be paired up against a shooting guard or a small forward who can post him up or just easily shoot over him well with no problem. But yeah, yeah I'm happy. Why wouldn't I be? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's just live in the now, right? So he's he played great. Uh, we talked about Danny Green. He played phenomenally. In that second uh, game, he shot 80% from three, which is four for five. Um, it, in a, a very short stint out there, 29 minutes, uh, gave you 12 points and some great defensive play. D- Danny Green, for me, I, I said it in the preview, that you know the, the Spurs are going to go as far as Danny Green's defense takes him. Uh, and so we just talked a little bit about that. And offensively, he had himself a nice little uh, second game. But the guy that I, I want us to talk about, and we're going to close out the show on this, is Kawhi Leonard. Um, what do you say about this guy? I, I like to look at the stats in the playoffs because all the series are staggered, right? So you can't really compare his averages to somebody who's only played one game. And, and I'll give you an example. Like, C.J. McCollum had 41 points in the game. He ain't going to get 41 to, you know, when they play Golden State next time um, because they're going to game plan. You know, Golden State will change up the way that they play. Uh, him defensively, and you just you're not going to be that hot, right? So you like to look at stats of with other players who have played the same number of games as you. And I look at Kawhi's averages, and I just talked about it how he um, he he tied his postseason record for points, 32 points in that first game, got 37 points in the second game. You know that's good for 34 and a half uh, points per game. Any other player that's played two games in the series. Kawhi Leonard's your number one scorer in, in these playoffs. Um, that's amazing, right? <laughs> he's um, he's got the the third uh, um, the the third. What did I write down here? Third highest overall. I can't even read my own freaking writing. Oh, he's a third highest overall. Um, <clears throat> Dude, do you seriously write still? I mean, you I have a computer, down, bro. But I can't even see it. It's a so he, uh, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> it, 
Uh, maybe does, it, does any of this even matter? It, nothing really here really matters. But put it this way: he's the third highest overall in some category. I know that's oh, I'm going to get killed by Ben Bornstein tomorrow for this. Um, but you know, why? Why Ben? Uh, because Ben get Ben gets in my crawl if you know I screw up on this podcast because he thinks he can do podcasts better than anyone else. And in my case, it might be true, but I just don't want to hear about it all the time. Well, if Ben's out there, we should note that. We did like 10 minutes of this podcast, right? And you weren't even... <laughs> Why'd you say that? Yeah, we screwed that up. We didn't... Uh, we weren't hitting record. And by we, I mean me. Um, you know, Kawhi's regular season scoring average is 25 and a half, right? So he stepped it up for the playoffs. He's scoring nine points more in these playoffs. Um, and he's doing it in limited minutes. He's only playing 36 minutes a game. Uh, that's 22nd among all players in these playoffs. Uh, he's 71% from the field. He's 100% from the foul line uh, with 14 free throw attempts. He's given you seven boards a game. For anybody who's played two games, that's the fourth highest total, uh, fourth, fourth highest average. He's given you three and a half assists per game. That's sixth highest for any of his contemporaries there that have played two, uh, two games so far. What's really cool because he's played 36 minutes, uh, or is averaging 36 minutes per game, is look at those who, you know, in the per 36 uh, minute stats with players that have played two points a game, he's number one overall in points, he's uh, number 11 overall in assists, and there's some junky assist numbers that are in there like Channing Fry. Like, there's he's a top 10. He's going to be in top 10 assists just by game three because there are some guys in the top 10 that were just anomalies. Um, rebounds per game, he's number 11 in the per 36 category uh, with seven. Uh, again, same deal. It's kind of fluky numbers uh, there. He's number one in free throw percentage. He's number one in free throw attempts. He's number four in two-point uh, field goal percentage uh, with 82.6%. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, you're two games in, so it's tough to you know, really make a case for like play, you know, the most valuable player in these playoffs. But, man, Kawhi Leonard is getting it done. And on both sides, too. I mean, defensive, his defensive numbers are ridiculous. So what about Kawhi Leonard is setting you on fire for these playoffs? I forgot what all that stuff you talked about. Uh, what's it setting him off? Stats, stats, stats. Um, I, again, he's the most complete player in the league, so it, it doesn't really surprise me just the shooting. But his aggressiveness, I it, it seems that with Tim Duncan out, he has t- he has shouldered the burden, and it's carrying over to the playoffs. Uh, he just needs two guys to show up and be above average, not even superstars. At this point, he needs two above average guys to step up, uh, and they should be really comfortable uh, in those games. So uh, I, I just think it's that Tim Duncan effect. He's no longer there. The pressure to be Tim, Tim Duncan is not there. Uh, he's really just trying to be the complete player that, uh, again, maybe some people don't like this comparison, but you know he's trying to be like LeBron. Trying to carry the team on both ends, ends on the floor, mm-hmm. but he also has the protection of Danny Green to help him out in those matchups. So uh, it's great to watch, especially when he went like uh, what is it like seventeen for seventeen free throws or nineteen for nineteen, something like that. I mean that's impressive in itself. For 14, I, yeah. I, what fourteen for oh. fourteen? Oh yeah. Uh, but I mean, the Spurs aren't good in free throws, so that's why it's surprising. So uh, I, I'm just surprised that again the aggressiveness. I think that that makes all the difference in the world. And and I just now remembered what I wrote, or I, I figured it out. He's got you know I was, I was doing these statistics for who's played two games uh, and, and comparing Kawhi Leonard to those guys. It was actually points per game 
he has the third highest overall. He's number one for those who play two games. He's uh, number three overall. That includes C.J. McCollum, who's leading the way with 41 points a game, uh, and he played one game. And, of course, James Harden there with 37 points a game. So right behind them is, is Kawhi Leonard. So, you know, just watch him jump up those ranks um, as those other players kind of fall back to, to earth there. I mean, just unbelievable for Kawhi. So uh, two games in, it's looking like San Antonio is going to take Memphis. Uh, I, I'm saying it's a sweep. It might be five games. Did you ever give a prediction on this series? Uh, yeah, I said Spurs in four. Spurs in four. Okay, so we're both thinking a sweep and surely dominant. So, all right, well, we'll catch up with you guys uh, next time, maybe another couple of games in. That's it for this episode of the Spurs Cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs Cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Make sure to follow us or follow any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Go over to ProjectSpurs.com. Read the stuff that they're throwing out on there. That's full playoff coverage, adjustments, daily updates, that kind of thing. Jose, thank you so much, sir. And to you listeners, you're welcome.